Hello, everyone. I'm Alex, and I'm going to be natural. I am Dr. Dozier, and I am going to be super. Yeah. And I am Dr. O, and I'm going to be the junkie. He's Dr. Dennis, and he is a junkie. I am Dr. Kevin, and we are the, the Supernatural Junkies. Well done. Folks, this is Dr. Kevin Cruz giving you another pump because guess what? The Supernatural Junkies are on Rumble. All you have to do is go to Rumble, go to search, and when you search for channels, you look for Supernatural Junkies and all of our stuff is going to start popping up. It's great because you're going to be able to see the links. You'll get to see exactly why we are saying what we're saying. But most importantly, this is a great way to share with your family and your friends exactly why we are living in prophetic times and why we cannot give up access to our bodies. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Supernatural Junkies. This is Alex, and we are pumped today. Well, the boys are pumped today. We are at the and, Pumpatorium, y'all. Yep, yeah, and the boys at the Pumpatorium are. Introduce yourselves. This is Dr. Dozier to my right. Good morning. Dr. Dennis to my far to the far, there I am, far over here. Shooting far. And he also has been to the Pumpatorium. Pumpatorium, <laughs> yes, you go there. <laughs> oh, but my we, gosh. We think Dr. Dozier, he's trying to make his new weight for his his new competition. He's ripping up, yes. And we, we, thought yeah. was, we thought for sure he was going, he's starting to look like a model, not a power lifter. We're, we're yeah, all, he's looking real thin, real going, slim, going, like teenager he's going, slim. He's trying to go for that bodybuilding look. He's got it. Oh my goodness! <laughs> he's gonna do his powerlifting meet in his bikini. I know. Are we gonna have to have the picture redone with you all greased up? I hate the bikini. <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, we're already in deep today, folks. Hello. Well, we're gonna. We've been doing a good track. We're trying to help you guys to understand the geopolitical, what according to your Bible, right? What up? And what the Sam Hill's going on here? <laughs> yep. Well, and we've all been saying, you know, how far into the news <laughs> is it going to take? It's deep today. Yeah. How long is it going to take before the media turns on Israel, right? And, you know, that's... It didn't take long. It, no. It doesn't take long. 1.5 seconds. It didn't take long, past tense. Yeah. Right. So I know you guys have heard a lot of stuff, so this is where we'll bring some of that you out. heard? Well, Alex, you were telling me about a statement by one of the guys we actually like, uh, Stu Peters. Yeah, but I don't know if that's his IG or not. But well, I'm he, not seeing it is or isn't, but uh, it's still okay I've to, noticed to bring that some, up. I, I saw some of his posts on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, weird, huh? No, not weird. I mean, I think, I think here's the thing. I think people are looking at this from a humanitarian standpoint. And, of course, Israel becomes the bad guy because they are the occupiers, right? You've got, you got the, the Palestinians in their land mass over there all gathered up. Now we're going to go in and bomb the smithereens out of them. And it's not helping facts or, and more matters because when 10,000 Palestinians are dying from bombs and innocent, you know, when you start collateral damage, like that, yeah, collateral yep. damage, I mean, 
face it. You know, War is not pretty, folks. I, no, I mean, we just no. haven't seen it the likes of this um, in a very long time. Um, and not that it's ever okay or acceptable. Never okay. But what exactly did he say? Oh, I'm... I, I don't. I'd have to look it up exactly. But it, he was posting a lot of anti-Israel, well, anti-Semitic. The, the one that you shared with thoughts. me, it just said he didn't understand. And this is a great thing for this podcast today. But he did not understand why Christians are supporting Israel, mm-hmm. right? And so, you know, in a normal way, I would agree with him usually. But you're going to see that our Bible gives us some information that we're going to bring into today that there is a very specific reason why we have to support Israel. And there's something we need to understand so that we can actually understand why there's yeah. there's going to be an endless assault against Israel in these last days. And it's really the truth that if you don't know your Bible, you don't understand why the world can't actually have peace. Because that book is exactly the reason why 4,000 years later, you see this this whole thing is happening. And so this is the kind of things that we're going to get into today to talk about why we do support Israel and why, of course, they're not um, saints or anything, but why they have the right to defend their territory and their land and so on and so forth. So that's a really good segue. And have you guys heard any, any other stories this last week talking about how you know, the way we've seen the media kind of turn. Well, but you sent something about Gal Gadot. Yep. yep. Right? Who? Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. Yeah. She's she's my wife's lookalike. Whatever. No. She's from Israel. Oh. Okay. And so she was, She posted a, a something, um, a bunch of stuff she had collected on the atrocities Hamas has committed yeah, against a- Israelis. And it was nice to see, you know something like that coming out because we keep seeing the opposite. So it, it was actually really nice, but she's, yeah, she's from Israel. Well, and she does. And you can see that. Um, I remember the last time this they wouldn't way, play her movie, the Wonder right. Woman movies in the middle East. Yeah, she right. was, she was part of the military. She did some of the, she did some of the training as far as the fighting is concerned. Yeah. They all, they all have to, yeah, right. Doc, if you you're gotta, a citizen, doc, yeah. you gotta lean in or whatever. Lean in, man. Yeah, lean, lean in. in. Be, don't lean back. <laughs> Long story short, you remember when we when Some this Facebook hit the wife right? That, didn't she have a book? She called it "Lean In" or something. Mm. Okay, yeah, we like it when the ladies, you know, they lean close to us and that's not what I was talking about. Nice but but let's move on. Okay, okay. A little, a little side, side, a little digression side there. Digression. Yeah. See, I told you I was going to segue. I, well, today. I do think, however, going back to the Stu Peters um, and and. The other voices, okay, because right. there are people who are Christian who do not agree with what's going on over there. Right. Okay. You know, there's, um, and do we support Israel at any cost? And um, there's a lot of dissension within the church, okay? Mm-hmm. So um, it's, you know, we need to tread carefully about where, where you know, what we say and so forth, I think, because... Um, well, let's let's go right to it. If you were to take America, okay, and let's just say we got, you know, the Islamic world, and then we have Israel. How big would Israel be? What I mean, because we're talking about the, the yes, Isla- we're minuscule. talking about a right to exist, right? We're talking about the fact that these people are the most documented people in the world. There's nobody more documented. We're going to talk about that. But they don't have a place in this world. 
And the place that they have over there, if you look at it in America, and we're just let's just talking about sharing here, right? We're talking about Islamic Muslim world. If if this these two people groups were sharing America, only two, how big would Israel be? In a, in a in a way, we're talking about something the size of New Jersey here. Yep. Mm-hmm. So when you talk about this idea that somehow they're being you know ridiculous here that they should have a place in this world right um that's what we're talking about they already have all the other states and we got they got the smallest little one but that's not enough so when you talk about land for peace that's just it's kind of comes across ridiculous and that's what you need to see here is that from any way you look at this there's no doubt that when israel goes to war they're going to be they're going to be Doing lots of crimes and lots of sins and all kinds of other things, right? And because that's all part of war. And we're not trying to sanction everything they do and all their decisions. There's no doubt about that. But we need you to see, especially as we go through this, that there's something more going on here. There's something very sp- specific uh, about why and how we need to be supporting Israel and why we should be praying for them. So that's kind of what I wanted to get back to understanding. And I agree. There's no doubt. Um, I don't sanction everything they do, and I don't think anybody here does. Um, but you can also see that there's no way, especially with the way things are going, that if they, if they don't control that strip, they can't control any kind of security. Those kinds of things will happen all the time because people can walk right up and take their slug shot, Right. So they're going to have to maintain some kind of space, some time of border, if they're going to survive. That's a reality. There's no way around that reality, right? Well, they do have this, they do have a border, they do have space, and they do have they have the most secure, whatever they call it, the dome or whatever, right? That was protecting them. That was breached, right? Um, you know, I think, and I'm not playing devil's advocate because I don't advocate for him. Um. But I think from the other, the, 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 the contrasting side is stating that um, that they were attacked and they have every right to defend themselves from attacks, yes. Yes. But going in and bombing Gaza to smithereens and, and, and with all the collateral damage is causing the, back, the backlash of what you're seeing. Like you just said, why is the world against? Because the world's against because they're seeing that tens of 10,000 dead so far. Sure. So you you have, and that's why the, what, what you see is going on. So it's creating this divisiveness. And that's why I always question who's behind the divisiveness. Right. We know who's behind divisiveness, right? We do. And, so, and we're not trying to sanction that, but we also have to deal with the reality that if they really had enough spacing, then they wouldn't have been attacked to begin with. Let's, let's look at war for a minute. It's mostly, and, and this is not digging anybody on this panel, but it's mostly people who have never been in the military right. or, or never been in the war who do not understand collateral damage. You cannot fight a war without collateral damage. That's right. It, it, you, right. you just cannot unfortunate, but. do it. Uh, in World War II, I believe more civilians were killed. 100 million people died. I believe more civilians were killed than actual military people, and you had bombings of cities uh, without any, uh, how would you say it? There was, 
there was bombing of cities and there was no discretion there mm-hmm. when, when it was mm-hmm. happening. There was to, no target. To try and get London or England to surrender, London was constantly bomb, bomb, bomb. It's not near as bad as that today. But there's another thing that we have to look at. When you attack a nation, you usually can expect some type of suffering to come on your people. Now, people become angry, but we're talking about war. Mm-hmm. Also, we have to, I, I'm very leery of the American media. Yes. For example, when uh, that, we can say it, when that lie came out that they bombed a hospital and right. killed 500 people. That's a perfect and then example. Tur- and then it turned out that the rocket was launched by the opposition. And they say that it eventually misfired or whatever happened with it. It dysfunctioned and it landed. But it landed in the parking lot. And they show pictures of the hospital being just fine. We don't hear much about people trying to leave, but Hamas forcefully keeping people in there. And you have to ask the question, how many people have they killed that are trying to leave Gaza? Uh, we know that would happen when you had these communist bloc nations when people tried to leave, and it happens now, even in North Korea. You try to leave, they will kill you. Mm. So how many of it, uh, when they use people as human shields, mm-hmm. they will use it for their advantage. Uh, personally, I know that, I would say my personal viewpoint, I know that civilians are going to die. I'm not naive. But personally... I believe that we're seeing a twisting or a tilting uh, to get it in a specific direction. It didn't take, it really didn't take 48 hours, I don't think, to stop talking about, really you didn't hear much about the 1,400 people that were killed in Israel, nor do you hear mm-hmm. anything about our about 30 Americans that were killed. Kind of reminds you of Benghazi there, doesn't it? So I mm-hmm. if, if I don't, if I don't have trust that our media or our government will give us truth, I'm not going to ask you to forgive me because I don't need to be forgiven for that. Mm. And when did Hamas become a benign peacekeeping group, right? right. Or, or they're just you know trying to find justice. When did Hamas become anything other than a terrorist group? So explain that to me. That's wild. That suddenly you know we hear pro Hamas support, right? Well, that's what the Gail Gadot <laughs> documentary is trying to do is Crazy. to bring out to people to see this. But they're, what Dr. Dozier is saying is that war is hell. It is, yeah. And the reality is is that you know, when, when, when they started this assault against Israel, Israel, first of all, has the damage. But they also now realize that they do not have a secure border and they have, do not have a secure country. And if they don't go in and stop that, then they're going to sacrifice the rest of their people, right? That's what's going to happen. And, and so this is why they're moving forward. And there's no doubt. We can't, we can't support everything that they're doing. But the key here is we're trying to get this one message across. There's a lot of wars in this world about all these kinds of things. But this is a religious war. It's actually an ethnic war, as we're going to see. Mm-hmm. It is religious or ethnic? It is, it's both, right? Okay. You're going to see that it's both. Because those ethnos have, tend to be thought of as the progenitors of, of a particular religion, right? 
And so when you when you think about it in this way, and this is why, you know, I hope you guys have an epiphany, because it really is goes back to Abraham and 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 really Sarah. And so you start to see, you know, we, we have Abraham being the father of the faithful. <laughs> we have we have that whole situation where he was told, and again, uh, you know, and, and we can laugh because when Sarah was told she was going to have a baby, she laughed. <laughs> now, I don't know if about God ever telling you something, but <laughs> I don't know if I'd ever laugh. But she couldn't help it. <laughs> I mean, like, she got of, caught, too. Yeah, right. He's like, did you just... Did you just laugh? <laughs> I love did it. you he's, laugh? Like, like, you're going to have a baby. She's like, oh, crap. <laughs> like, he's like, okay, buddy. Excuse me, Sarah? Dude, I'm like 80 years old. I'm going to have a baby. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Uh, I just okay, want to God. read. I want to re- read one scripture because <laughs> did the, we cut Doctor Dennis off? We did. Yeah, I knew we did. I, you know, I changed it too because we just bought where the wars come from, and you know, something just came to my mind. Here we go from James chapter four. Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? You lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war. Yet you do not have because you do not ask. And you ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. I only read that, just bring that to mind is because, yes, there's the just war theory and so forth and self-defense. and I totally understand that. However, you know, we as Christians, where are we supposed to be when it comes to violence and war? Was Jesus violent? I know he got the whip and he, he busted up the tables and so forth, and that's the one documented thing. But was he ever violent before that, and did he not cons- uh, criticize people who were violent? Military, now you can't have unjust wars, okay? There are many of and, them. And... Vietnam wars, war, okay, wars. Are, <laughs> war, I, have, I, have a, I have a brother who fought in that war too. Yeah, uh, I have a father that fought in that yeah, war. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, they they can tell you a lot about the it. The Gulf of Tumpkin. Um, but wars, you have some unjust wars, and then there are times when you have to war to defend your nation, or in some cases to defend. Uh, your allies, and when you in, when you're in war, uh, it's not murder unless you start doing atrocities and massacres, like a massacre or something like that. When you start abusing it, and what you're usually going at is a uh, you're going at a combatant, one who's uh, coming at you. And in war, the objective is not to wound them, but the objective is to uh, prosecute the war so that your enemy can no longer engage effectively in warfare against you. And that's usually when you get the surrendering or the, or the slaughter. And, and so that's what you see there. Dr. Cruz just brought something out. And I, I want to give you three reasons. In, in Christian ethics, this is one of the things that we teach uh, uh, concerning war 
okay. And uh, their reasons, I'm not going to go into teaching it, but their reasons as to why war is fought. And, and this would line up here. Uh, one is power. Another is wealth. Another is land. Yes. Okay. Power, wealth, land. Amen. People will go uh, and they will strip a nation of all of his resources. They will go and they would take the terror. One of the things that Hitler attempted to do, he wanted to take all of these different uh, European countries and uh, take those people out and place the Germans or whatever he considered Aryan in Europe in those lands. So those are reasons as to why wars are fought. When you look at what's happening in the Middle East, it doesn't seem to be about wealth. Nope. But it's definitely about land. That's right. And you're going to see why that land is something that God declares is his. And then therefore his people. Now, the good news is you don't have to worry too much about you know this whole God's people thing because it is really difficult when you are a disobedient <laughs> people. <laughs> you look at the way that God has really disciplined Israel, and you can really see that happening. I just want to correct something. That wasn't Christian ethics. That was uh, a, a, a seminar or teaching that I did on are there ever reasons for war. Okay. okay. I want to correct that. So what I want you to see is, is that, and you can go back to Deuteronomy where it talks about how God divided the world, right? And, uh, and, and apportioned it to the sons of God. And that God chose Zion, see? And this is where Zionism really comes from. And it's why you even have some that believe in it to today. But then we also have this covenant. And it's interesting because the Bible starts and you, you see these fathers of the faithful. Well, who were they? They were. They would say that they were the God. That he was the God of Abraham, Isaac, and then Jacob, right? And so there's a progression here, and it was really Jacob's name that was changed to Israel. But there are two other people that were also related to Abraham, and the first one we need to talk about is Ishmael. So we we talk about. You know, Abraham being the father of the faithful, but the bottom line is we have one story in where he kind of was going through a difficult time. I forget what it was or whether it was famine, but he went to Egypt <laughs> and he didn't tell the um, king or Pharaoh that um, I guess Sarah was quite beautiful. <laughs> and so he didn't tell her that he was his wife. <laughs> and so he started to go, wow, check her out, right? So that was. You know, a little bit of cowardice there, right? We, mm -hmm. we see that happen. But then we get to this point where, you know, he was told that he was going to be the father of many nations. He was told that Abra that Sarah and he would, would bear a child. And, of course, what happened is, is that that was, you know, starting to be a distant memory. Because now they were so far past what we would think they could have children. And um, so there was a moment where they they lacked faith. And so what happened was, is that, um, you know, Sarah took her, her handmaiden, uh, Hagar, and a, basically this was done somewhat commonly back then, um, but allowed her to have a child with Abraham. 
And then this child w- was, of course, uh, called Ishmael. And you'll notice that that he didn't make it into this, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and, and Ishmael, right? And so what happened here is that, uh, and I'll let Dr. Dozier fill some 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 blanks here, but you know this was sin. Unfortunately, this was not God's original plan. He told Abraham that that he would have this this child with Sarah, and so because of that doubt, um, you know. But once Hagar, and I'm gonna let Doctor Dozier take over here because he was telling us a few details about this that I thought were really interesting. But, you know, the whole situation flipped. All of a sudden, she was doing a great job for, for Sarah. And now that she had a child, all of a sudden, the whole thing flipped. So this is important to understand because this is where these people groups come from today. Before we get into that, I don't like to leave things open-ended. I, I do want to say this, and I really mean this. I hate the fact that there's any such thing as war. Yes. Uh, there's nothing as devastating as war, but it all came because of the fall. That's right. Had there been no fall, we wouldn't have this. I'm getting back into the situation here. Now, it tells us that uh, Hagar was the servant of of Sarah, uh, Sarai before Sarah, and the name Hagar simply means flight, but she was uh, Sarah's uh, servant, the princess, her name meaning princess. And when she conceived, she was with child. By the way, to conceive means to be with child. Not something just inside of you. It is not a child until, it's, until it comes out of you. That's the birthing point. But you're carrying the child on the inside until then. Just thought I'd shoot that in. But she was... <laughs> what are you trying to say? She was, she was with child. And once she came with child, it tells us that she despised uh, Sarah. Mm. And, and so she saw a, a, a true side when... What happened, the thing that Sarah pushed Abraham to do uh, ended up biting her. Mm. And so she was able to mock her because she can have a child. But Sarah, uh, Sarai, Sarah, she could not have a child. And so eventually she's going to, Sarah's going to be begin to afflict Hagar. Hagar will leave and God will have this angel come and this angel uh, will uh, talk with uh, Hagar and tell her to come back. And then the angel of the Lord uh, said, you're going to call his name Ishmael. So here God even says what his name is going to be. But then God says something about him, says he shall be a wild man. And when you look at this... Like, like the Irish, Dennis. Yeah, he, he would be a wild man. Or, <laughs> oh, laddie, what are you doing? Or, uh, an onager. And when you speak of an onager, you're speaking of a wild ass or a wild donkey. He and just he called said, you a wild ass. And he said he's going to be... I've been called worse. He's going to be, not Dennis, but Ishmael. Okay. And so it says that his hand was going to be against every man, and hand has to do with his power, his strength. And, and this is saying he's going to constantly be in conflict, he's going to be in battle, he's going to be in war, and every man against him. And he shall dwell in the presence of his brethren. Okay? And so we see that situation. Eventually, uh, when Ishmael is born, and he's born, what, some 13 years before Isaac, I believe it is, mm-hmm. um, he is going to harass Isaac. And when Sarah can't take it anymore, uh, what she's going to do is uh, she's going to insist that Abraham 
expels her, expels Hagar. Kick her and, out. So you can see, just think today Damn. about it. Think today about a marriage, a marriage being in serious, serious stress. America, and so the marriage was like in serious, serious stress. And he says, so you got to get rid of her. And God tells him to do, she said, and, and what he's going to do. But even between that time, when Sarah looks at this, she's so upset and she's saying, okay, like we might say, what have I done? But then she says to Abraham, God judge between me and you. And this is as to blame Abraham for what she, um, uh, as we could say, influenced him to do. Mm -hmm. But Abraham directly hearing from God should have stood firm as well. And so we see these two people missing God and deciding that they are going to make something happen when God has said he is going to cause it to happen and how it's going to happen. It's going to be one from his own loins and being, being, being Sarah from his own bowels, bowels, should I say that, Sarah. And, and you end up with God knows everything that's going to take place. He does. If we look at this from, let's say we look at this from a human perspective, if in obedience, if there's a case of straight up obedience, you end up with the problem that does not have to come into fruition. Now, one more thing that I want to say, this will probably be the longest I've talked on the podcast at one time, but this, this, is, this is very, <laughs> yeah, don't laugh, don't laugh, don't laugh. This is Good very, this coffee, is very important. Right? In, the book of, in the book of Exodus, uh, we read, should I, yeah, Exodus, we read where. What chapter? Uh, Exodus chapter 23, thank you, thank you very much. Now, God is saying what he's going to do. And I want to begin with verse 28. And he says, I will send hornets before thee, which shall drive out the Hivite and the, uh, the Canaanite and the Hittite from before thee. I will not drive them out from before thee in one year, lest the land become desolate and the beasts of the field multiply against thee. Uh, by little and little, I will drive them out from before thee until thou be increased and inherit the land. Now, notice verse 31. And I will set thy bound, your boundaries, from the Red Sea, even unto the Sea of the Philistines, even unto the Sea of the Philistines. The name Philistine means immigrants, okay? And I'm not speaking of the people who, I'm speaking of those individuals. And so these would be inhabitants of Philistia. Now, to the to Philistines, and from the desert unto the river, for I will deliver the inhabitants of the land into your hand, and thou shalt drive them out before thee. We do know that they did not complete what God told them to do. You get that when you go into the book of Judges. They didn't complete it and that the people end up at what God said in Numbers 33, 55. There'll be thorns on your side and pricks in your eyes. Mm -hmm. Now the Greeks had a name, a name for, for Philistines and it was uh, it was uh, the name uh, Palestinian. And, and this is where we get Palestine. Uh, now, when you look at this war, I want to get back to that. Look at this war in the Philistines, and, and we say today, Palestinians and the Philistines, uh, we know women's people, they don't exist. That way you have a bunch of nomadic tribes that came together. Many of these were absorbed by the Arabs. But during Judges, because Israel did not drive all the people out of the land, uh, they were constantly in conflict with the Philistines and at times they were oppressed by the Philistines because of their sins and when they cried out to God, he would raise up a judge for their deliverance. When you go into 1 Samuel, 
uh, they're having problems with the Philistines, and it appears that the Philistines are dominant over them uh, during Saul's reign. And there are a number of fights, there are a number of battles, and it's not until David comes in until they're subduing uh, a lot of these enemies. But because they never drove all of them out, like God said, they ended up having problems even unto this day. And so you have a a, a fight, a war over land. Uh, you may have had some people who were there first, but God, the earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. God decides who will have what, not man. God decides who will have what. And because God gave this land to Israel, it is theirs. And the truth of the matter is this. Uh, there is no desire to share the land. There is a desire to eliminate Israel from being a people. Once again, you can look all through the Bible and, and you could see numerous times where there were attempts to eradicate, eradicate the Jewish people. And then we can come up to even our time uh, where there's been numerous attempts, the acquisitions and so, the inquisition, should I say, and so on and so on and so on, the Holocaust of the 1930s and, and up to the mid 40s. So you have those, those things. And, and so this has been a problem. And this is why we have to look at this as what it is. It's a spiritual and an ethnic war. It is a spiritual and an ethnic war. Yep. And, and the thing is, is you're going to see that that's why they want to destroy them, because these are the people of the Bible. This is the God of the Bible. To destroy them is to destroy that God is in control. See, this is, this is what this is about. And so you can see that, again, if you think about what Islam says, right, their, their thing that they say that's, you know, I forget what they call that, uh, like the Shema in Israel would be, you know, but the whole the Lord our God is one, right? Well, they would say that Allah has no sons. Right? See, so, so they're trying to say right away that Jesus Christ was not the son. You were telling us, did you tell us what the definition of what Philistine means in the Greek? Did you say what that was? You said it was a migrant? Immigrant. 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 And you were telling us what Hamas means in Hebrew. In Hebrew. In, in well, what, what? Specifically, Genesis uh, chapter 6, verse 11 where it says the earth also was corrupt before God and the earth was filled with violence. Well, that word there, violence, is translated violence, is the Hebrew word uh, Hamas. Right. So, so interesting, and it's also interesting hmm. that the, the land of the Philistia back then is still that that's the Gaza Strip now. Right. And it's always played been a plague or a thorn in the side to Israel. Yep. So they didn't drive out back then, and even to the day, they they didn't drive out. They guarded off that land with. But the wait wall. a minute! Isn't that the two-state solution? Isn't that giving up land? No, they didn't drive them out. Well, That's what didn't. started the whole thing to begin with. Well, they well when Israel became a nation, right? And then they had the sixty-seven war. They 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 gained more boundaries and so forth did they not but yes that was the solution then to that was the strip that was given to the philistines right but the philistines were there prior to when israel came 
prior to when they came back to the land right. in, in 1940. So one of the things that, and again, I'm getting this from a Jewish rabbi that's a patient of mine, but one of the things he says that people don't understand is that nobody wants the Philistines because they will <laughs> take over right. all of those countries. And so if they're so great people, then why does most of the Muslim Arabic world have very secure borders between their country and 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 Palestine. Egypt doesn't want them. They right? Would, they, Egypt wouldn't take them in. This and is then, exactly it. And so you look a at wild this, man. Oh, go wild back to man. a wild man. Yeah. Yep. And see, this is this is the wild of the wilds. And so even these guys have trouble dealing with these people. And that's why they're forcing them into the situation. They're not going to let them come onto their land because they know what will happen when you let this type of people group in. And so then you see that Hamas being that violence. And so. Remember, here's what I'm going to say to you. When we say this is a religious war, it is astonishing that God, again, picked Zion, his, his portion in the world. You know, And that goes back really to that passage in Deuteronomy 32, 8 through 9. Okay? So we go back and we look at this from that perspective that then God also made a covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, right? those specific ones. And that left Ishmael out. And so I hate to say this, but think about Jerry Springer. Why do people watch that? Because when you get into relationships, and especially family, what does everybody know? If, if mom and dad die and they leave us a lot of stuff, right, inheritance, what happens? Everybody goes bloodthirsty crazy, right? All of a sudden they're fighting everybody in court. So this is the same thing, right? Back then they had something called the birthright. And the birthright was about inheritance, <laughs> I right? Can't believe, I can't believe this whole thing comes back to who your daddy is. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> but think about this. About We're going to see the same thing happen in the next story with, with, with Jacob and Esau, well, right? I, I want to go. Ishmael, Ishmael <laughs> was not left out. No, he the, was made the, nation, problem, right? the problem is, what the problem is, Ishmael, and we look at the descendants of Ishmael, do not look at the true and living God. Now, I can go right back to Genesis again, and starting in verse 20 of chapter 17, God says to Abraham, when Abraham had to, because Abraham loved his son, he loved Ishmael. Right. And then uh, God said... There he goes again with that phone. God didn't... <laughs> I'm, I, I it's relaxing now. Turn it off. Then, I was just starting to chill. Do you know, you know, Ishmael, God said, you know Ishmael was circumcised? Yes, he was circumcised as well. Yep. God said, as for Ishmael, I've heard thee. Behold, I have blessed him. That's right. In other words, God spoke something good for Ishmael. That's right. He said, and I will make him fruitful and will multiply him exceedingly. Twelve princes shall he beget, and I will make him a great nation. But my covenant will I establish with Isaac, which Sarah shall bear unto thee. So God establishes as God does as he wills. He says, I'm going to look out for Abraham. But when it comes to the covenant that I'm going to make, mm -hmm. it's going to be with Isaac. And so what happens is the uh, the uh, those who have ascended from Ishmael are saying that God made the covenant with mm -hmm. Ishmael, which he, which he did not do. Mm -hmm. And so all of, we see all of these problems uh, taking place today. Yep. And, and the truth is, you know, we see the same thing happen with Jacob and Esau, that Esau, they were twins, but... Esau came out first, so technically he got the birthright. But then his mother knew that somehow it was supposed to go to Jacob. 
and she connived, and they deceived and lied. <laughs> and Jacob is really the usurper at that point, right? And so you see this other huge family rift, right? Mm-hmm. And then those people groups end up having all kinds of problems later. But the, the key that's happened since then, because God has blessed Ishmael, right? And God has given all of these things. But what has they're happened... Pre- they're pretty wealthy, aren't they? They, they really they are. Get, they have a lot of oil. <laughs> but see, what's, what's happened since then is that once mm-hmm. Jesus came into the world, the Messiah came here, right? That executed a new everything in the world. It changed every part of everything. And as a counter move to that, we have seen a counter-religion to Christianity blossom within that first 500 years of Christ. And that has really been Islam. And Islam, in particular, has captivated this particular group of people again. And so, again, they find the fact that the Jewish people exist and that Israel exists, is it's like saying that their religion is false. It's like it's blasphemy for them to be there, to exist, and to own and be in that land. It's like saying that Allah isn't God. But the, what does it make sense to me, geographically, is that the mosque is in Jerusalem. And there are Muslims that do live in Israel. And they get along with Jews. There's no doubt. Remember, so, there are lots of, of people groups that are blended. But again, that's a group... You know, when we say that this is a religious war, that that is a true thing because it is the biggest blight for the, for Israel to exist, period, um, for them to not control that site. And it's something they can't, they just can't live with. But remember, we have lots of peaceful Muslims around the world that don't see a problem with that. But again, we also have uh, lots of, of, of Muslims in the world that believe in jihad. And and it's the only there's just nothing like jihad around the world. And and it's it's a it's something that is why they can openly attack and, and provoke things in the such way. But to me, if you look at Israel, we talk about the miracle of Israel, the fact that the Bible, the people group, think about how many thousands thousands of people groups that are in the Bible are all gone. They're so gone, we don't even know much about them, right? And yet the same people group that God made a covenant with is still around today. That country came back to life. Can a nation be born in a day? And yet Mm -hmm. that's what happened. Mm -hmm. Netanyahu declared that that happened. It happened. And these people group have this place in the world, and it is starting this war. So let me just explain something to you. This is, to me, makes sense. I was a teenager. My dad is talking about Bible prophecy, and he tells me how Jerusalem's going to become this cup of trembling for the whole world, okay? And I'm like, Dad, that is so dumb. Nobody cares about that stupid little country over there. Why would the whole world go to war over that? And now you can see, you know, later on you're like, well, they're sitting on all this oil. And now all of a sudden, the whole free world runs on that oil. There is no way to ignore Islam. There's no way to ignore those people groups. They have a power and a commodity that's in the world that's irrevocable. And yet we have this situation where Israel has come back. It was it was the Holocaust. that the, They have said they will never entrust the safety of their people to any government 
ever again. And yet we have Israelites, Jews around the world that are clearly still living here. But you see what happened. Because the Bible, your Bible, has made them the target. And that is very, very important. And yet they don't even embrace, you know, Yoshua as the Messiah, Yoshua HaMashiach, right? They don't even understand that they missed him, right? They're still looking for one. And God hasn't forgotten that covenant. And somehow, some way, here it is, it's still happening in the land. But it all goes back to something that wasn't God's will. It was not God's will for Abraham and Sarah to doubt and then split their family mm-hmm. by by you know having a son uh, with with one of the man, hand, uh, handmaids and the fact that God I, I, when I looked at this story I always thought how in the world could Abraham send her and her son away we don't know all the details of that but we know what happened and can you imagine the family rift that that would have created okay I, I can't imagine. You think about all the, the stories we hear about difficult situations in families. And so to me, this is one of those situations where you got to figure, what do you think she taught her children? What was their heritage? What did they pass down? An everlasting hatred, right, for the whole situation. And when you look at that, I know we speak of the, the, the war, the what, six-day six day war mm-hmm. of 1967. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they became a nation in 1948, right? Right. But mm-hmm. they didn't control Jerusalem. There was a war in mm-hmm. 1948. Then again, the, uh, the, the Arab nations coming against Iraq was a part of that war, uh, coming against Israel, 1948. Then again, in the early 1950s, then again in the 60s, and lastly in the 72. So you can see that this is something uh, that is not going to stop until the Lord returns. That's right. And eventually it's going to be, and I want to say this and everyone listen, uh, and all you have to do is look in the book of Revelation. No nation, just like Abraham would not take anything uh, from the king of Sodom, just like Abraham would not take anything from the king of Sodom, no nation uh, will be able to take credit for Israel's deliverance. That means that we just won't be a player right? when this does happen. And things are happening right now mm-hmm. to take us out of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, no nation has ever fought a protracted war, and that's war on different fronts, and been successful. And we're just spread too thin. Mm. That's uh, all right. We can handle it. Janet Yellen says we could just print you some got, more money, buddy. You've got Ukraine, and you got this coming up, and then you've got, uh, I want to say this, I'm going to go ahead and say this, you've got what appears to be our own government fighting against its own people. Of course. Mm-hmm. And then there's the probability of eventually the people of the country rising up against that and having a civil war. Uh, and all China has to do is sit back mm-hmm. and wait. Mm. But getting back to that, that the the uh, what's taking place over there, it, Israel is going to eventually stand alone, mm. and it's going to be the world. Really, is the world against God because we go to those those mm-hmm. three spirits like frogs, and the word tells us that those were uh, 
those were demonic spirits and what they're going to do, just like what happened with Ahab. Mm. They're going to, because the question is who can stand against the beast? They're mm. going to uh, persuade them mm. to really, what they're doing is coming up against God. That's right. I think there was a psalm for that in Psalm 2. And they're going to be destroyed. Mm. Okay, they're going to be destroyed. It's going Israel's going to be standing alone. Mm. And everything that's coming against them is going to be destroyed. We do not worship the Jewish people. Nope. But we worship the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And what he said, what he said is what we believe, and what he said will come to pass. There is no way that you can follow biblical prophecy. I'm not talking about somebody getting you in a line and saying, God said you don't get a wife and have two cars. I'm talking about biblical prophecy from the prophets <laughs> and, and, and that which there is no way that, word, you can, that you can look at the word and not say that many of these things have been fulfilled and it appears like we're towards that last season of prophetic fulfillment. Mm -hmm. The way that not the stars, but the nations the way the nations are lining up and, and, and all, there's no way that you can, there's no way. And you're, you, if, if you black, like, we just went to the old, we went to really, uh, we didn't go into the law. We went before the law when That's God right. was establishing things. Mm -hmm. And when you look at that, you see this war, how it began. It, it began when, Two people, they carried out what God said, but before they carried out what God said, they made a mess. Mm. Uh, they made a mess that still exists today. Mm. And so you can see this, this, you can see this continuation and it's showing itself more and more and more. And you can see a hatred uh, like you probably could never imagine. And even with the different nations, you could look at the media and mm. these things, and you could see where people are lining up. And so we don't need, we're not saying per se, let's line up behind Israel, but we're saying let's line up with God. That's right. And just to be clear, there are no such thing as races. There is Adam, and then every color and every ethnicity that's on the planet all came from that one man. So just because race. Jesus, you know, came through this line, it could have been any of them. There, there's not necessarily anything special per se, right? But we do know that Abram had the ability to pass on his beliefs to his children. But this rift in their family, right? Think about the heritage and how that story was magnified and talked about how she was sent away, right? And so you start to see this animosity, this jealousy that would only be natural, unfortunately. And this is why today, you think about your family, you think about America, look at how they're dividing America the same way that, that Ishmael and Isaac were divided, because of jealousy, because of greed. That's what's going on in our society today, because everybody's fighting for the peace of the pie. But there is something specifically going on in Israel. This is a land war. This is a religious war to exterminate the people of the Bible. If you exterminate the people of the Bible, you win. You prove that the Bible isn't true. 
And for the Christian, you need not just look at Israel and say, let's pray for them. Dr. Dennis was saying something this morning when we were having a discussion. Uh, and the truth of the matter is this. You're in the cross. We're in the crosshairs, too. That's right. We are in the crosshairs as well. Uh, when you look at, okay, for, the, for example, the book of Revelation, written to the seven churches which are in Asia Minor, and it's applicable to us today. Asia Minor, I believe a good portion of that was modern-day Turkey. What type of nation is Turkey today? Anyone want to answer that one? Where they have Thanksgiving? Oh, it's Muslim? It's a Muslim nation. But at one time, if, at one time, at one time, they couldn't do it. We would, if we'd have heard them, it'd have been like, "Man, what's going on here?" <laughs> it would have been, "Man, the Lord just." But, but uh, when you look at that, that was a Christian. You had you had Christian churches there. Okay, so I'm like, "Well, Christian." No, I'm saying it was primarily Christian because at that time there was no Islamic. There was no what? There was no Islamic religion. You had Christianity there. And we can name a number of places where Christianity was. And yes, Christianity uh, was in uh, on the continent, not the country, the continent of Africa in, 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 in different nations. Uh, even in the church, in the early church, uh, where the apostles and the, the teachers and the prophets met, there were those who were from Africa as well, as, as Dr. Cruz was saying. Uh, they're not races. There's one race, the human race, with a number of ethnicities. But we've seen, and I'm bringing this out to say we we see we've seen that war in the past, where uh, you wiping out Christian nations and bringing something in there, uh, and the same thing will apply uh, today. I, I heard something recently uh, when we got this new. They finally got themselves a Speaker of the House. And he does appear to be a devout Christian. And immediately from some of the networks here, they were belittling him. And something was said in the sense of that's what you would expect, and I'm paraphrasing from a uh, Christian fundamentalist. And people would hear that and think that's something bad. But whenever you speak of the fundamentals, you're speaking of the basic principles, the foundations. And that tells you right there that Christian fundamentals are hated by the word. That's right. You just go straight to John 15. Jesus mm -hmm. said, the world hated me, therefore it will hate you. The servant mm -hmm. is not greater than his master. And so when Dr. Dennis said that, I mean, that was spot on. Dr. Dennis, I'm, I'm going to put you out there. You might want to say something about that because I believe that was on your mind. Well, yeah, you're bringing up a lot of stuff here. I mean, you know, first thing that was coming to my mind, too, why Christians should be concerned is because I think Paul gives gives the argument in Romans about how the promise made to Abraham was made to his seed, and the seed was Jesus Christ. And that's the church, folks. So, um, you know, we're, you know, we're involved here, and we need to, we need to be on our knees praying, and we need to pray for peace, yes, and we need... We need to pray that God's will be done. Remember, Jesus gave us that model prayer that, you know, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I think we need to remember that, that God's kingdom 
we want, we pray, we're to pray that his kingdom come and that his will be done. And it's going to happen. And that kingdom is God's children. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even though we've talked about how Revelation really does talk about how God has this remnant of, of his people, Israel and, and, and Jews, uh, the Bible also says there in that passage in Revelation, and I guess that's in the, uh, the seventh chapter there, but it talks about how, you know, after this 144,000 that he looked and he saw a multitude that was really too large to even count. And so these are the people that God has in the world. And so even though God had his people, David said that one day God would inherit all the nations. And that's what Dr. Dozier talks about sometimes when he mm -hmm. talks about how we're, we're grafted in. If the natural vine could be broken off, and some generations sure. were, but then that same root will come up in another generation so that they, they, they will never be abandoned by God because there's a covenant there. And we may lose a generation here or there, et cetera, et cetera. That well, could happen to us, right? God said he's going to graft them back. Graft them in again. Graft them mm -hmm. back in. That's we, right. The, the God, Jesus is the vine. We That's are right. the branches. And then we were, and we're not the boast about that. Right. And that, 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 that there will be a remnant of Israel that is going to be grafted back in. That's right. You know, but right now, Israel, there's apostate. Sorry, I mm -hmm. mean they—they they they are. Not, they, there's a majority of Israel's mm -hmm. apostate, Kevin. They don't believe in Christ. They don't want. They—they they aren't, but they're still following that. That they still have this heritage that they're still following. That's how they still have this these memories. That's how they still have their identity, and that's how they have. Again, it was America was called the Judeo christian ethic why was it called that though? because of that heritage of the old testament the old testament heritage in the law mm -hmm. our laws are based on the law in the in the old testament right right about murder and stealing right. and the, all the other the stuff. 10 commandments right okay, right two things let's go back to kingdom exactly the church we're not the kingdom we're part of the kingdom right i want to give you i want to give you a quick one for those who are listening you can write this down greek word for kingdom would be the word basilia and that speaks of the realm of God's power, dominion, authority, and might. Mm -hmm. uh, in the kingdom, you have God's and holy angels. You have the saints of the old, the saints of the new. You have the, all the overcoming saints. These are the things that are, gonna, that are comprised in the kingdom of God in that realm. Now, going to Israel, and <clears throat> uh, I wouldn't necessarily say they're apostates, because when you speak of apostates, uh, you you speak of a person who has fallen away. Now, there could be some who have, who've fallen away. But a person who's never believed in God, they're an unbeliever, but they are not an apostate. Uh, when you look at apostate, that's synonymous with the word to divorce, to mm -hmm. cut off or fall away. So they are, there are there's a cutoff realm. Mm. They are blinded. They're that's, not, that's they're, the word I was looking for. Because the Bible talks about this blinding that was going to happen, yes, which is and, heart, which speaks of hardness of heart, yes. Mm -hmm. And so you can see, you know, as we get to the end of the podcast here, we're not rubber stamping everything. We right. are, we're trying to help you to understand. Yes. We don't have that if answers. you don't, if you don't understand your Bible, you don't understand the history of where these people groups have come from and what they've been through, and their history, their heritage. Mm -hmm. And and again, that's why a lot of this animosity comes from. And now, of course, again, you can see that, that Islam in particular is diametrically opposed 
to Christianity and to the fact that the Jews are still in the world. And so this is why we, we have this ethnic, um, but of course we also have really primarily religious because we have Muslims and Christians and Jews, you know, the Jews more particularly, it's a heritage thing, but Christians, you know, are all nationalities, all ethnicities, same thing. Islam also has a lot of that as well. But you, you can see that that's what this is boiled down to. And there's no doubt that their goal is to eliminate them, right? And that this is why this is a religious war as well, because every day that they're sitting in the land is more proof that your Bible is true and correct. And the same thing, if God is true, and this is what we all, that's what I always say about Bible prophecy, God didn't give it to us so that we could predict the future. Mm-hmm. God gave it to us so when the future is happening, we would know that God knows the future. And if he knows the future, then he knows your future, and you can trust him. Mm-hmm. Bible prophecy builds your faith. Exactly what every other part of your Bible is designed to do. And that's kind of how we want to leave you today, to believe your Bible, to realize that you can't understand. You know, if you don't watch the psychology of the whole family, you can't understand what's really going on on each person's part. And that's important. I felt like we have never really sat down and talked about why is this happening? Why is this religious war happening? What are the ethnic groups involved? And I think we did a good job on that today. Anybody else want to say that? Alex had to leave about five minutes well, ago. I just want to restate what I meant by apostate. What I mean, the attitude of being apostate. Okay, that's what I meant. And the fact mm-hmm. that Jesus said that if you have the son, you have the father. But if you don't have the son, you don't have the father. You're right. So um, I that looking at it from a new covenant standpoint, and what they they have not come back in yet. Yes, they are going to come back in, or remnant thereof. Are gonna and the good news in. is, there's a lots of messianic, you know, Christians, and there's lots of messianic Jews. There are, mm-hmm. and they don't call themselves anything but Jews. They just believe that Jesus is the Messiah. There's there that's the only difference. They still are practicing, et cetera, et cetera. Right. But the key is that, you know, we're going to see hell once war starts mm-hmm. to happen. Mm-hmm. And you can see this is how the media is going to shape this. And as Christians, we are called to to pray for peace, right? Mm-hmm. But not peace at any cost. No. And once you understand the small little sliver of land that they have versus what you know the other groups have it's it becomes ridiculous to think and more importantly if god said it was their land every time there's whole books written about this every time they have settled for any kind of trading for land that's god's land they can't really trade it and that's where i believe that they do have to stand for who they are for their mm-hmm. identity for their right to exist in the world for their right to have freedom to exist for for their judeo part to be able to pass on to future generations and that's religious freedom that we're fighting for and so this is why we can support them to that level does that make sense yeah and pray, can't support- prayerfully absolutely too yeah absolutely and there's there's no way to deal with an orange man just, in your we house just, we just don't want you see what we i'm need saying to pray that this does not expand yeah. into yeah. a world war and unfortunately that's really what we are seeing the fact that again israel is the super sign and this conflict that mm-hmm. we see building is making the whole world, and we've talked about how the Ukraine war itself is 
forced is is Russia to say, hey, look, the only option we have in the world is only people that we could build our alliance with is Islam. They're, they're stuck with them now. Mm. You see what I'm saying? And so now that those the, the hook's been put in, yep. and you can yeah. see where Russia could be pulled into this exact war Ezekiel 38, 39 talks about. So I'm sure we'll be talking about this next week. <laughs> I, I, I hope you guys can see. It's not going to end. <laughs> I hope you guys can see how this is all so crucial to understanding your Bible prophetically. Dr. Dozier? Give us some prayer there, brother. Before, also, last word. Last word and pray. Last word before I pray. I believe it was Dr. Zola Levitt who made the following statement. He said that the Christian and the Jew have the same problem. <laughs> they both do not know the Bible. <laughs> Dr. Cruz has been saying God's word is important. His Bible is important. Dr. Dennis always opens up with scripture. It is important that we know the word of God because there are things that are happening and we have opinions and the opinions are not based on what God's word says. Mm, amen. You, you may not perfectly hit it, but you can be very, very close. And you, if you have the spirit of God, you know all things. If you have a good leader who's skilled in the word, they should be able to bring it to you. Do not depend on the networks to tell you where you are in this day. They never say these are the last days. And everything that you're going to hear for the most part is secular. Mm. Uh, there's one network uh, that I know of, and it's not on regular television, but they have more Christians. Uh, they talk more about the word. They will call issues that are taking place spiritual, and if it's demonic, demonic. Mm. But you're not going to get that on your favorite so-called news network. Mm. Amen. So, but the greatest news network that you can have is the word of God. Amen. Because thousands right. of years ago, God made you aware of what would be happening today. Amen. And all you have to do is read, pray, and sit under the word of God with strong teaching. Amen. 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 Father, we bless you. We thank you and we honor you today. We thank you, Lord God, for giving us this opportunity to share with those who are hearing today. I thank you for uh, every person on this podcast, every, uh, Lord, every word that is spoken is so important because it's coming from the hearts of people who have studied and prayed and researched. And I do pray, Lord God, that as those who are out there listen, that they also are being enlightened and equipped and prepared. And even those who study that they're hearing things that they agree with in some cases, things that confirm that we are of one voice, one mind and one heart. And so I thank you today. We thank you today in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Hey folks, it's Dr. Dennis from supernatural junkies. I just want to talk to you today about pro tandem. I've been taking Protanum for a few years, and you know what? I feel a difference. I am younger than my age. At least I think I am. Anyway, Protanum is a strong antioxidant producer in your body because what it does, it causes your body to increase its glutathione production. And glutathione, folks, is the strongest antioxidant your body has. So if you want to keep strong antioxidants in your body and be a healthier you, 
I suggest you use ProTandem.